Life is a journey, and eventually all roads come together. You are listening to Breaking Camp, conversations focusing on our passion for the outdoors, everyday life, learning new things, and growing as people. I'm Aaron Brenneman. And I'm Bryce Ginther. And this is Breaking Camp. Welcome to Breaking Camp Podcast. How's it going, campers? This is Bryce and Aaron, your camp hosts. Camp hosts. Season three, going strong. In the weeds. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I got some stuff that I want to talk about. <clears throat> oh, this sounds serious. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> Are while, you making an announcement here that I don't know? A while back. Okay. You told me that goats are jerks. Goats are jerks. And I was like, dude, what's your deal? Yeah, for right? sure. They're jerks. Jerks. And that and you were saying that as nicely as you could. I, I picked up. I think I asked your wife about it so long before you even got your goats. Like, yeah. Are these the jerk kind? Yes. And and we were like, whoa, whoa, no, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, um, I haven't heard this update. Okay. So I am here today to tell you that, in fact, goats are jerks. Uh, yeah. Huh. Okay. They're also, I've learned, contortionists. Like goats. Where they can fit into like a small box? Yes. Oh, okay. I didn't know this. Okay. So here's what happened. This spring, okay. we ended up with uh, a sec- like a new batch, a fresh batch of baby chicks. Okay. So we separated those out, give them their own space because you can't just throw them in with these the other the, chicks. These are the ones that aspire to be podcasters through the use of our equipment. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And yeah, Amy borrowed the microphone stand to, for their warming light. <clears throat> so anyway, you ease them out into the pasture area. They had their own separate enclosure. That way they get fresh air and the, get weathered and stuff. And they're protected from the other chickens. Okay. They get to see each other. And then you, you launch them out right into the, the they they all go together. Trying to keep the fighting to a minimum because chickens are are really really your hands raised. What's up? Did you get these chickens from your own chickens? Nope. These are like uh, Wilco Coastal Farm chickens. Uh, no, these were so we got these from some friends of ours. Um, basically, it was from a school project. Teacher, oh yeah, I teacher think I wanted to hatch some okay. some chicks, and okay. then she's like, "Where are we going to put them?" Yeah. yeah. Yes, you have another question. What makes a chicken become a chicken? What makes an egg become a chicken versus not just breakfast? The rooster. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back huh. to uh, the birds and the bees and science and biology and all that. Remember okay. That? Remember that? Like health class? So that happens before the egg. It's not like it's not like a fish sort of process where it's... Correct. Okay. Yeah. It's not like the hen has the egg and the rooster comes over and... Does his thing on the egg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it happens. They, they, they turn the lights just like down. people. <laughs> yeah, There's some nice music <laughs> yeah. playing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, okay. we have these Sorry. chicks, right? And so um, they're all in uh, the with the other thing with the other chickens now in the coop. Well, <clears throat> in the meantime, we got goats in this mess, right? Okay. And they're cute and they're funny and they all do all this stuff. And um, well, what we found out was. Once we, um, once we had the goats and they kind of got comfortable, they start exploring their pasture, mm-hmm. right? And they found the chicken house wide open, which yeah. it is, um, and they devour chicken food, like oh, en masse, yes, right, like gone. 
they make a mess. They knock over everything in there. And, and so we're like, whoa, 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 what? You can't have that. Like, that's bad for you. It's bad for their, their the, especially male goats. It's bad for them. Okay. I won't get on the details. It's boring. Okay. But it's just bad for them, right? And it costs a lot of money because they're yeah. eating their chicken food, right? So anyway, I'm just irked. And I'm busy. I don't have time to come up with a solution. Amy's like, we got to do something, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you're right. We do. So she's like, I'll try and take care of it, right? So she has a solution. And so she ends up cutting a hole in the side of the chicken coop, which I'm not a fan of cutting a hole, but it's like at the same time, it's like, well, yeah, you got to do something. So right? you can, this is so you can close it up so you can and close still it. have a hole. She's like, I'll cut, it. yeah, I'll cut a chicken-sized hole, you know, okay. little door. And, and then at night, we'll just block that, right? And the goats aren't going to crawl through that. Au contraire. Really? Dude, these goats, a goat will squeeze through. What are you eating? That's really loud. Could you hear that? I don't think they could hear that. <laughs> no, I'm sure they can't. No. <laughs> um, a goat can squeeze through a hole <laughs> that is literally like 10 inches wide by like 10 or 12 inches high. Oh, that's a big hole. I thought you had meant chicken like a hole like this big. Well, it's got to be big enough for the chickens to go through or else they won't, right? So, I mean, I'm not. I'm just guessing. I didn't measure it. You look okay. at it and you go, no way. A goat okay. went through okay. there? Like, it's that small. And and so then Amy builds a little three-sided box. She's a crafty lady. Yeah. She'll go for it, right? She builds this little box that goes on the front of it to, like, make it harder, right? Sure. Now they just crawl down through their little tunnel through the hole and the hence the contortioning oh wow okay. i'm just like what i'm contorting not contortioning contorting, contorting. Yeah. but how is this possible that is and then they get locked in there kind of because then they're like well coming out i'm like uh, i'm not really sure how to get out of yeah here. so they won't go out they'll just meh meh and then you're like oh gosh they're stuck in the chicken how often again. do you guys feed the chickens well, we try to feed them every day. Meaning like your canister is big enough that it supplies them for a day. Oh, yeah. Like we used to, you know, we've got one of those, I don't know, it's like a gallon, couple gallon size thing, feeder yeah. round mm -hmm, thing. Mm -hmm. And we'd fill that up and that would last a couple days easy. Yeah. Right. Now, if you, the goats will eat the whole thing in a day. This is very different, but also very similar to why I said goats are jerks. Oh, yeah. Because I was watching my friends, goats and chickens and horses. Mm-hmm. And the first day, I was like, oh, I can just kind of do this, however. And then I realized the significance of why you have to put the goats in a certain confined area yes. before you bring out the food for feed. the horses and the feed and the hay and the, the, chicken yeah. thing, the chicken feed. Because they are just all up in there. And they won't, they're persistent. Dude. The, you can't so knock persistent. them out of there. No. I mean, you got to be a jerk right back to them. Right. And so what, we had talked to a lady about goats. And she's like, well, they have ears for a reason. Oh, yeah. And we were like, oh, yeah? yeah. You grab their ear and you yank them out of places they're not supposed to be. And so mm. that is so satisfying, I just got to tell you. <laughs> to drag an e a goat <laughs> by the ear out of the chicken coop. Yeah. And they're like, meh. <laughs> You're like, yeah, well, stay mm. out of here. Oh, my gosh. That's so annoying. And I just told Amy, I'm like, I am over the goats. Like, I'm done. What? You're over no, oh. you can't be done with them? I'm like, look, I'm just telling you. I'm so done with it. But you have fewer cats, you said, too? We got rid of the kittens. Well, that was always the plan. The kittens oh, were going to okay. find a home. Okay. Um, and so we have the two adult cats, the the sisters. Oh. And, um, and so we're good there. But That's good. Anyway, just okay. funny. I thought that was hilarious. But that is crazy. Because you were like, you yeah. were super prophetic in your, 
<laughs> I was like, I've, I experienced. I didn't believe it till it happened to me, and uh, I was like, oh, these things. I'm are ready. Jerks. I'm ready for alpacas at this point. Yeah, like, let's just go. Get rid of the goats. Get all them together and get yeah. alpacas. So. I found out that that lady who has the alpacas, she's my neighbor, and they <clears> stay <throat> in the pasture. And mm-hmm. but she used to be a photographer. Like she would host oh. photography workshops and be like a portrait photographer and yep. all that. And I haven't seen her yet, but I. I speak to her husband, and I just haven't seen her recently since I yeah. asked him. But I was like, you know, if you guys are ever getting rid of stuff, I would desire to have yeah mm. the first dibs on all those old film cameras. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, I love totally that. So yeah, Isaac's been into um, the the uh, old air quotes uh, point and shoots, mm-hmm. and so for his birthday, he wanted um, essentially it's a um, what do you call it? Polaroid, but mm-hmm. it wasn't that brand. It's like a different thing, but yeah. So we got him like a, a little retro looking, po- uh, point and shoot Polaroid thing. So he's nice. all stoked about it. To do the full size square ones or the little mini ones? It's the full size square. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, but man, the film is so expensive for those things. But I got one of those a while back, and I have it in the camper. And every time yeah. we go somewhere, I take some pictures, and then it goes in there. And so yeah. when we're on this road, we can just kind of look at the trips and like, oh, that was fun. Mm-hmm. And I thought they were kind of newerish, but somebody was telling me like, "Oh, those used to be cool like a year ago or two years ago." <laughs> yeah, but their prices dropped on them significantly. And what yeah. I seem to believe is that a lot of people bought them; they were gifts for kids, stuff like that. And then parents found out, yeah, like because essentially those films are like a, there's no processing costs, so the right. films are like a dollar per image per mm-hmm, sheet. Mm-hmm. And so parents are like, you know, you're not doing this. I'm not buying this. You right. buy your own. And then it's like, as a kid, you got 12 bucks all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm done. Never mind. That. Yeah, on to so. something new. Oh, that's cool. I'll have to check that out. He had a big birthday. Yeah, 18. Whoa. Yeah. He can join the register for the draft. Yep. Yeah. I asked him, I was like, well, they raised this, the age for cigarettes. You can't, you can't buy that. buy any cigarettes Sorry. or cigars even. Or cigars no. too. Tobacco, you can't buy. Oh. It's 21 now. Uh, and so I'm like, what did you do? And he goes, I bought a lottery Scratch it. And then it was hilarious. He was with his friend. Uh, and did, did he get carded? No, his friend bought it, and his <laughs> friend's not even 18. And they didn't even card him. He goes, it was a little anticlimactic. <laughs> so funny. Oh, so, but, you know, so he was like, ah, oh, but it was cool. I'm like, did you win? And he goes, I won five bucks. Oh. I'm like, ah, oh, birthday luck right there. Wow. It's good. Yeah. Super cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So. Nice. He's getting bigger. So you're heading out of town? Is that what this, this, is, uh, this is talking about? Yeah. So I, you guys, I'm going to Montana. I'm to go s- fishing for like weeks? <laughs> for weeks. For week. Wow. No. Um, <clears throat> doing a work retreat. And um, and so I'm going, well, shoot, it's in Montana. And so I'm going to try and figure out a way to fish. Yeah. And, and I have not been able to fish here lately. We'll get into that in a little bit. But... Um, so I'm like, well, I'll be there on a break, you know. Oh, this retreat is like pretty structured. Like there's there's it's not a bunch of time just wander off and fish, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go a couple days early and I um got connected with a guide over there and and so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out. Wow. But in my trip planning, it's been a while. I don't travel a whole bunch, you know. Um I'm not a I'm not frequently renting cars, booking airfare, hotels, all that kind of stuff. I was talking to the outfitter who this guide operates out of, and she said, "Um, we're definitely going to have to get you a rental car ASAP because they're hard to find and they're expensive. I was like, really? Rental car? And I kind of was like, whatever. I'll figure this out, right? And I said, well, I'll I'll look. 
the cheapest rental car I could find through Hertz, Avis, all those kinds of companies, right? $200 a day for the garbage okay. little yeah. tin cans. The ones that are typically like 19 to $30. Yes. Day. Yeah. Yes. The Toyota Tercels. Dude, not even. It'd be like it'd be like a Ford Focus, you know? Yeah. Or some little economy thing that's got a rattle, you know, as it's you're a, driving down it's the road. The computer chips. Oh my gosh. Supply chain disruption affects pandemic. Is that really? They can't get some they can't get the computer chips. For what? To make new cars. What? For the rental fleets. This can't be real. This is real? Yeah, this is totally real. I don't know all the details, but I know in general. Yeah. The issue is the supply chain disruption due to the pandemic and due to mining the materials. They just can't get the cars. They can't get the chips. The, so the manuf- so the, produ- the the plant just uh-huh. kind of grinds to a halt and yeah. they can't make more cars. So that's why cars are <clears throat> more expensive. You can't find the new ones that you so want. So annoying. Um, rental car places can't repl- replace yeah. their fleet as fast. Plus, there's a significant uptick in demand right due to all of a sudden everybody's like well maybe we're not gonna fly somewhere but we'll I'll drive. drive somewhere well and if you do fly you're gonna need a rental car right and yeah, so even if you do and that's, that's but that's just it like through this through the pandemic everything went up in price mm-hmm. but i'm going wait what were what were rental car costs before the pandemic was it that high was it a hundred dollars a day or was it still back in the 30 dollar range like it, I I really do feel like it's jumped crazy. Oh, high. it has jumped crazy high. Yeah, a ton. <clears throat> so here's what my solution was. So I'm like, all right, I I went, I was looking all over deep diving. Okay, and I'm like, I have got to figure this out. Finally, I downloaded uh, the app T- Turo. Yeah, Turo is like mm-hmm. you could sign up, rent your car out, and I think mm-hmm. it's probably got to be a certain age or newer. Yeah, you know, but uh, just like Uber a bit. But yeah, you can rent a person's car. So mm-hmm. I rented a guy's Jeep, of course. I can't stand Jeeps, but whatever. What are you going to Hawaii? <laughs> I know, seriously. It's not a Jeep like Wrangler, but it's it's even like Oh, it's the weird pickup one. It, uh, no, no, it's like a it's like the uh, compass or something. Oh. I don't know. It's not a oh, Liberty, like the, but like the Cherokee esque sort of SUV. Yeah, it's kind of a kind of a crossover yeah. like yeah. SUV thing. But I don't care, That's right? Good. I don't yeah. I don't care what it looks like. I just want to drive it. And so but that's still seventy bucks a day. Yeah, which you is know, way better than two hundred. But better than two hundred. But yeah, Corey uses the the Turo quite yeah. a bit for renting her stuff. Oh, because over the last year, it's been challenged to get yeah. rental vehicles, and yeah, she oftentimes will get something like a van, but it doesn't have the clearance for the place she wants to go. So yeah. this trip she's doing here in a few weeks, she was rented Dude. somebody's like twenty nineteen, yeah, uh, Tacoma, and it'll have plenty of room for the people she needs to transport. The back they can just throw all their gear in the back. Yeah. And it's like half the price. Yeah. So that's, I'm just like, hey, good job, Turo. You guys figured yeah. it out. And I'm all about it. So anyway, but, and I only need it for the two days because after that, I'll be, I'll just grab the shuttle to the ranch and then we'll be mm. fine. But you just like pick it up at the dude's house or something. Or is he going to, uh, he's going to drop it, it off the airport. airport. Oh, yeah. Nice. And then I'll just go back to the airport, leave it. And then the shuttle to the place I'm going just comes to the airport. Oh, nice. So I'll just pick it up there. But, Dude, I was just like, I was blown away. I'm going, what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> it used ridiculous. to be you could buy rent a car for just nothing. Yeah. Nothing. But now, <clears throat> run, runs on cars. Oh my gosh. For sure. It's nuts. So that's my update. That'll, that'll be fun. Yeah. I went, I did get a chance to go fishing. You did. Last weekend. Oh man. I'm we jealous. had a, well, 
Wait for it. Um, we <laughs> I got questions. We were down on the Umpqua. Yeah. So Bass River. Bass River. We're about sixteen or so miles in from the ocean mm-hmm. upstream mm-hmm. Uh, from Reedsport. Yeah. Great little spot we got on Hip Camp because we had to reroute. We were supposed to go over to Diamond Lake, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, the f- smoke from the what is it? The bootleg fire bootleg. over there, which is like exploded oh. exponentially every day. It's nearing four hundred thousand acres. Oh my gosh! It's the biggest fire in the United States. Yeah, right now. Nuts. Yeah. So it was great. It ended up being working out pretty well because we didn't have to drive all the way over there for right. two nights. Right. We got to leave a night early, head to the coast. Uh-huh. We just kind of dry camp near on, on some forest road or something near uh-huh. a little bay and Walport got halfway down, stayed there, slept, pulled over, pulled over, slept, loaded it up, drove down the coast, went to Yahats, had breakfast at one of our favorite places we like to go to, pick mm-hmm. up some dog biscuits, but we get down, so we came back up. So it was a better start to the trip nice. than driving five hours to uh, Diamond Lake. Mm-hmm. So we got a hip camp. And we had to figure this out like a week ago, right? So yeah. fortunately, you could never get that at a campground or never. campsite or anything like that. And when you're going with multiple, multiple groups coming from all over, you yeah. kind of like to have a base. So got down there. It ended up being pretty good. It was right on the Umpqua River. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an RV pad sort of deal up sure. top with like an area for some tents. And then some steps to go down to the water. River slant, swam the entire time, just swam his little tail off. Oh, that's was awesome. so tuckered the entire time. Um but I took my bass stuff. You know, we I went to the John Day a couple yeah. of years ago, and you kind of told me what all I needed to take and get to go bass fishing. Mm-hmm. No fish when I went to the John Day because the water temps were cooling. Mm-hmm. I think we went too late in late. the year. We went like late September. Yeah. But this time the temperature of the Umpqua was warm. I yeah. Mean, it was like a bath water. Yeah. And it's right, if you've ever been down there, there's a bridge, but they're rebuilding the bridge, so there's a lot of construction, but it was great. So got to go out there, super tidal fluctuations of like six feet, you mm. know, for the tide from twice a day mm-hmm. i took all my stuff out there not really know what to do but i'm like i'm just gonna go take a couple of lures and little jig bass dealies things yeah. i got and go yeah and so first little trip out didn't catch anything but i was only out there for a half hour or something it was time to go eat went sure. up the next morning and i started catching them i was not this was not what it I expected it to be like the NASCAR of fishing, bass fishing that I see on the fishing shows, right? Like the guys, they yeah. like yard that thing They're up so back. hard. Yeah. Like I even got on my, all my logos all over my oh, clothes. Nice. Yeah, like yeah. I'm, you know, I'm expecting this. I'm, I'm just, I'm doing the flick, you know, and, and so, so I'm doing it and I'm just, Thoroughly underimpressed with the size with, and fight of a with small the mouth size bass. and the fight of these little smallmouth bass. <clears throat> they were thing, only like that big. Yeah. One thing I failed to mention was late season, which is now. Yeah. Smallmouth bass is not large bass. They're not big. They weren't big. They no. were definitely small. It's just quantity. It's fun. You take an ultralight rod. You use as lightest gear. Uh, that's you what can. I. That's what I had. I had a little five and a half foot yeah. ultralight trout rod. They're like. They're like tougher than bluegill you know they fight more than blue well the do. first one i caught was kind of like i just kind of let it i toss it flick it out and i let it go down <laughs> yeah and a fish ate it like that yep but he didn't really just eat it in his mouth he had a chance to like get it in oh, all no. the way in him so the first one i didn't have my pliers that one became part of the food cycle for oh, the no. osprey and oh, the no. birds right <laughs> so it started out with like oh i gotta rip the stomach entirely out of this thing mm-hmm. keep my lure and then yeah. go on. But there was no like 
there was no whack whack whack. There was no, not, not like trout. Not it wasn't like that at all. So they I inhale was, it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a and then you got to yank it back up to get it in their mouth. Yeah. And so the Before first one I didn't. Yeah. And then I lost. Few. So I caught a few, a handful. It was, <laughs> it was okay, but it was not like it was not Weird. what I've seen on the pro bass fishing circuit on TV. Yeah. When those guys are all NASCAR'd out. Yeah. Dude, that's so hilarious. But I did bring a, I have a fresh, a book on freshwater fish that Mm -hmm. has like descriptions on all of them. And then the whole middle section, which is like 20 pages, is all pictures of these different types of fish. Mm -hmm. So that was really cool to be able to see the fish that we're catching and then look it up in the book and find what it was. I shared that with Coors and Nephews and stuff. Yeah. They weren't very excited. Not many people get very excited when you give, when you're like, hey, check out this book. They're like, like, no. Yeah, we have real like, life right here. It was like, where's the, where's the iPad? Like, I could care less about your book. I did give a book to a coworker the other day, and I think he, I think he will read it, which will be first time in a long time. Usually when I give people yeah. books, uh, I have been conditioned to know most people aren't going to read them. You gave me one. It was called, I think, Ultimate Survival. Isn't that what it's called? Did I give you one of those? Yeah, I must have had Deep extra. Survival. Deep sur- oh, Deep Survival I've yeah. by Lawrence Gonzalez. Yeah, I think I've got two chapters in. Oh, that's a great um, book. I was like, oof, this is boring. That's the psychology <laughs> of survival. <laughs> yes. So you're really looking at the the science of the mind yeah. no, and I why like, we do what uh, we do. Yeah. But I think that's a fascinating book because of the way that he blends science and psychology mm-hmm. and narrative and storytelling yeah. through these examples of the psychological factors at play. Yeah. So... But yeah, so that was good. That was a good book. It was also really an interesting thing because we got to see dynamic of camping with this group, this group, this group, this group, and Uh like communication, how that plays in Mm. and like who's coming and who's bringing what and what rigs Mm -hmm. and how much space and all of that sort of stuff. So, and is this new with this group or, or what? Yeah, it's it's one of, uh, one of Core's sisters got married. So it's his. In law, his brother's family and I her see. family, and all yeah. this sort of stuff. So there was a whole new group. So it was all cool. They were all fun, but it was yeah. just kind of like learning. You get a mode of operation around communication and planning. Yeah. And it's oftentimes challenging when then yeah. other people enter into that and operate in their own dynamic. <laughs> so that's yeah, fine. That's awesome. I appreciate the food you gave me. Like today? We're running behind today. Yeah. I'm two hours late, which is, I'm going to call that early. Yeah. I knew we were late. Well, I got the sense from your text. I was like, he didn't eat dinner. And if he does eat dinner, it's going to be coming out of a bag and he's going to go, oh, oh yeah. this is bad for me. So I offered it up, even though it's not health food, but I said, hey, we have some leftover pizza. It's not fancy, right? It's mm-hmm. pizza or frozen pizza, but it's but it's good. You know, do you want yeah. it? And you, you were like, hey. Absolutely. Yeah. Your response was kind of funny. <laughs> Do you want to read it? Yeah. <laughs> um, you said, oh, yeah, for sure. I don't really do fancy. I barely do not expired most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. So speaking of that, you want to... Uh... Well, let's jump into the camp kitchen. So today's camp kitchen is kind of a grab bag. Which is kind of like what you eat when you're camping. Yeah. Just a grab bag of whatever you got around. Whatever you got. So what uh, What do you got? So I I got a special special treat. Ooh. Oven, I like me a special treat. Oven baked pork rinds. Oh. Right? 
they're they're cinnamon churro inspired seasonings. Hmm. <laughs> I have no idea what's gonna happen. <laughs> I'm a fan of a pork rind. I am typically they're fried. Mostly not, to be quite honest. This is more of like a sweet treat. This is like a maybe. This is kind of more like a. I'm uh, hoping it redeems rice crispy. What are those little ri- uh What are those rice cakes? Little miniature rice cakes that have like caramel seasoning, you know? Really good for the AM- ASMR. ASMR. Yeah. I don't know. I do like this brand. So these are epic brands. They'll have like the little beef jerky bars and yeah, pork bars and yeah, like buffalo bison. bars, yeah. bison bars. Yeah. So I gotta say, I've eaten a, a few brands of pork rinds, and yeah. all of them I don't like it. Really? This one isn't too bad. Because it tastes like the like, outside of a, like a cinnamon toast crunch. Yeah, it, you can almost cereal. forget that you're eating flesh. Yeah. I was thinking about that the other day. Actual skin. Like you think about leather, right? Yeah. Leather. There's a lot of. There's a lot of car seats that are leather, belts, shoes, jackets. <laughs> and I was thinking, I mean, just Football, car seats, footballs, footballs pigskins, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. pigskins. So, but I, I think like cars are made of cow leather, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not pig leather. Right. But I was thinking, you know, that's a lot of leather. Where <clears throat> right. do they get all this leather? And then I was like, oh, that makes sense. They got to do something with all the skin from the cows. McDonald's. McDonald's. Yeah. Well, they they process quite a few cows. Oh. Do you think they... I was reading an article this weekend in the Atlantic. (laughs) I only started it because I knew we were having beef for dinner. So I was like, maybe I shouldn't read it. What it was is a lady went and got a job working in a meat packaging plant. Mm, I don't know. And I read the first part. I mean, it's like the end of the jungle up in Sinclair sort of expose thing that we all had to read you know back in high school and stuff from mm-hmm. i think it was probably the 30s 20s or 30s i don't know somewhere in there mm-hmm. listeners can fact check on their i'm own. sure they will probably they're all googling <laughs> right now but she wrote this thing because she was a she was a teacher overseas and then the pandemic shut everything down she came home and then she's like oh i'll go get the job do this and write about my experience mm-hmm. so it was like her six months working in a meatpacking plant huh. and i only made it up into the point in the story where it was she got the job and she was going to go to work because i was like i better wait till after we after have dinner tacos mm-hmm. but yeah that's probably that's probably wise yeah so. those are okay they're not my favorite no they make no. a korean barbecue pork rind oh okay that's really good it's I a little more like savory yeah yeah so i'll have to bring those in sometimes so i got a grab bag here as well what do you got and there? this comes back to my comment of i i mean when i said i mostly eat expired foods mm. you're probably like well that's a joke that's an exaggeration <laughs> like ah, but ah. i wanted to tell you about what i have these are all didn't get a chance to eat so i had some pizza and i was like well what's in my car you know because mm. you never know when an emergency might strike and you need to have some snacks <laughs> yeah so these are some mini pretzels snyder's of hanover these expired october 31st 2020 okay so not too bad no not bad at all they're pretzels. a little stale you want one here yeah i'll try they're a little stale. Definitely edible. <laughs> you want one? There's one left. There's one left. Sorry. <laughs> Grab bag. This one I already ate. This one expired 29th of June, 2017. This one 
Oh yeah, it's a little stale. A little stale on the little finish. Bit. Yep. Well, at first it really hits kick. It, you get the kick of that salt. Mm-hmm. You're like, this is pretty good, and you're like, oh, there it is. There it is. Mm-hmm. Stale. Yeah. So this one is a Nature Valley Trail Mix bar, cranberry and pomegranate, expired in June of 2017. Oh, it was good. Brother. It, was it fine. looks a little smashed because it was in a bin in the back of my car. And then I got oh, the, you ate that one. I ate that one already. And then I got the Nature Valley. Crunchy oats and honey, the classic. Oh yeah, right. Liza loves those ones. Yeah, yeah. This is the one that you have to eat and like just pour it out of your mouth because it's so crunch, so smashed. <laughs> oh, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> and this one expired in where to go? It was just on here. I saw it. It can't oh. be more expired than 2017. No, May 2018. Eesh. So we got 2017, 2018, and then like a fresh one, 2020. Fresh one. But I was also looking on here, and I was like, that's a barcode, right? Yeah. You've seen that. Yeah. Can I see that package? Did they just give you? Oh, it's over here. Yeah. This barcode says proof of purchase. Okay. Right? Sure. So I started looking up, and like, what's the proof of purchase? Like, I get it. I have this proof of purchase. I didn't buy this. Oh, you're saying, but that's a proof of purchase. Yeah. So the proof of purchase oftentimes is used for the rebate, right? You ever... Where do you land on the rebate? I don't. So Yeah, because there's two spectrums to the re- rebate. You either love it, and you're like, that's a great deal. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to go Never. home. I'm gonna I learned cop- my lesson. I'm going to make copies of the receipt. <laughs> I'm going to mail it that's in. Like, I'm going to put it in my calendar for that's like three months Field from now. That's like Stream 1968 style. I love the rebate. Oh, my God. Of course you do. But here's the thing about the rebate. Nowadays... Instead of the process, the clunky process of what I do with that receipt, yeah, mail in the proof of purchase, <laughs> send it in, fill out this form, right? right? Now that's all going to get your rebate in as little as 48 hours oh, hey. because you're doing it all on your phone yes. at the store with scanning a little QR code and scanning your receipt or something. So now, you, now you're back in on the rebate. I mean, as long as it's easy and quick. But here's the problem with those. This is where I'm, I'm probably back out again. Okay, you're out. Yeah, because they're going to go, oh, we need your email address. That's all it is. The and rebate just, is a customer database just, grab. Yes. They're paying you pennies, whatever, a buck or 50 cents or whatever the rebate is. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a. I mean, windshield wipers are a big one. Oh, those probably have a decent rebate. And you're always looking at, like, I got this price point, which is $20. I got $30 and I got $40. But if I buy a $40 one, I can get a $15 rebate. It's way better than this $20 one. 20,000 junk emails. And then you're on a list and you start getting mail all the time. Awful. So, yeah, I joined you um, in deleting my mass emails. Oh, good. Because I started looking through like my emails and I don't, I'm not a, I'm not married to my inbox. Yeah. I've shared before how many unread emails I have in my inbox. And depending on your spectrum of, you know, the red dots and the unread emails, it's like, dude, it can make people cringe. Yeah. But it's hundreds. We'll just leave it at that. And Well, that's good. Some people are in the tens of thousands. Unread? Mm Mm-hmm. Like that little dot thing with a number, yeah, will be that high. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, so if all of my accounts put together, I have four thousand three hundred and thirty-four emails unread. Oh wow! Yeah, that's a lot. I presently have six, <laughs> and that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven email addresses. So I start, I started looking, and it's about a dozen reoccurring. Weekly emails. 
That's just total garbage. Give me an example. Okay. For oh. like, is this from a? I'll open a it up. magazine. Is this from a brand? <clears throat> is this from a organization? So, uh, Peacock, right? The the subscription based, right? Alaskan Airlines. Peacock. Warby Parker glasses. Um, the the cable the internet service that one's probably probably twice a month. Ala- another Alaska Airlines Warby Parker. Um, so, Robin Hood, you know, like the uh, little yeah. stock one. So what's happening, I've noticed, you're probably noticing as well, you get more of them. But because everyone is email overloaded, mm-hmm. c- companies and brands and email lists are sending things out. You used to get something maybe once a week. Mm-hmm. Now you're getting two a day yeah. because nobody ever reads anything. Right. But also if you pay enough attention and like you go to websites or you see stuff on social media, Yeah, it's in your email twice, it's on social media, it's on the yeah. website. Yeah. So like, I'm just going to pick my mode. I don't need to get everything everywhere. Dude, it's, this is awful. Like, I visited a winery like three years ago and um, I don't know, I don't remember giving them my email address, but I guess I did. Maybe I got a digital receipt. Maybe Google just did it as you. No, I think it, they must have gotten it digitally or something. But I get a probably monthly email from them. I don't. I'm not going to buy their stuff through yeah. the mail. Like this is not. going to But happen. it's not painful enough for you to delete it. Yeah. eBay, Boot Barn. You know what I mean? It's like all these. Like, dude, this. Is I don't just, need this. No wonder. I'm, then that's like that's how I can get to four thousand unread emails. Yeah. <laughs> They're not important. Yeah. Well, you're also sitting here like I'm pretty good. I don't really need to buy anything. And then you check your email and you're like. Oh, I need to buy all. Well, I need, what do you I'm, mean? There's up to, wait. There's a up sale. Fifty percent off. There's a sale. Oh, right. I probably there's always. This. But again, it's like those are the things that you you just. It's never what I want. It's that stuff will be like eight percent off. Yeah, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, huh. well, that's uh, yeah. hmm. that's our camp kitchen. That's that's pretty good. I like that. Just a little grab bag of snacks. I tried to crunch, but my food's so old, it's not even crunchy anymore. Okay. You know what's bad? When I'm like, man, maybe I'll go back to the pork rind. Really? Yeah. Yeah, like it, that was that was stale. That was, that was past. The pretzel. Mm, yeah. Do you want some of this? It's not that stale. Yeah, I'll try that one. This is, what is this one? This is the... That's the one. Honey oat. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I got a huge chunk. I have it. Oh. It's fine. I'm good. Here we go. The listeners are tired of me talking. Oh, ma'am. So stale. It's like soft granola. Yeah, that's how I like it. That's how I usually eat them. Is it not like that when they're new? <laughs> wow. Oh, man, that was a mistake. Extra, extra. Read all about it. We got news. So, <laughs> as I was planning my trip to Montana, talking to the outfitter. Okay. And she's like, so what day do you want to go? <clears throat> and then she's like, are you wanting to... I'm, she goes, I'm assuming you're wanting to fish early. I'm like, well, what are my options? And she goes, well, by then, <clears throat> we will be operating under hoot owl regulations. And I had never heard the term hoot owl regulations. And I'm like, what is that? And she goes, oh, well, our, our water temps warm up and... And so they change the time of day that you can fish. So you can't fish. It's illegal to fish for trout after 2 o'clock until an hour before sunrise the next day. 
Salmonids. Mm-hmm. Salmon trout, steelhead, and um, so that's that's Montana's thing. Okay. Never had heard that, right? It's like, oh. So we talked a little bit about it. She's like, it's just the, the way that it is. And then, and that section of river is, or that river is divided up into sections. It's going to be on the Bitterroot. That's where mm. I'll be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that was another thing. It's like, I've read about the Bitterroot in, uh, John Gierek talks about that river. John Gierek is a, okay. a fly fishing author out of Se- Colorado. Sexy fish? <laughs> is that what his book was called? Mm, close, yeah. Sex, death, and fly fishing. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's, he's <laughs> written tons of books, but, um kind of satirical fly fishing stuff. Uh, okay. But um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, so I was like, well, it, you said it's illegal. She's like, yeah, it, it is. This is just, so you're going to get up super, super early, fish early, and then you'll be done by two. So really, hours of the day of fishing, you'll probably be fishing about the same amount of time than you would normally. Because yeah. normally if it wasn't that, the guide would say, what time do you want to meet? Nine, 10 o'clock? And then you'd fish from like, Probably by the time you get on the water, ten thirty to mm-hmm. you know five or something. Yeah. You know, you might you might if you have a, a guide that's really having a good time with you, you might be fishing, you know, close to dark. But they're trying to get you off the water by by dark, you know, sure. and get back headed back. So what are you gonna do though before fishing up till six? What do you mean in the morning? Yeah, uh, I think I'm gonna do this thing called sleeping. Sleeping. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I usually do that every day okay. of my life until, you know, 6.30-ish, 7. Two to seven, though, that's hmm? that's not, those aren't really fishing hours for me. Two to seven? Yeah. Um, Maybe six, eight, well, six, I wouldn't seven, say, eight, nine. I wouldn't say two o'clock, but like about by five o'clock uh, to dark is some of the best fishing of the day. Yeah. But that's the that's when the water's warmed up, and so it's just kind of a bummer. So anyway, what's interesting okay. is that so that that was a, a week or so ago I was having that conversation. So they're hoot owl restrictions. Yeah, which I don't know what that really means. How much research did you do to find out? Um, well, I've tried three I, times now to search for uh, so much that Google not it's not do, Google DuckDuckGo remembers yeah. when I start to type what why it says why are they called hoot owl restrictions. And there is no easy answer. So it's almost like nobody has asked this question yet. I wonder if it's when the hoot owl would be awakened out. Then you can't fish. The hoot owl would be asleep. Well, maybe a hoot owl is a daytime thing. I think owls are night things. Not a hoot owl. <laughs> well, don't prove, check. Prove the, me wrong. It's not on the internet. Prove I'm me wrong. Have to call, you know what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to call somebody. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I have no idea. But the, but so, so I've looked around a couple times. The answer is not accessible. Everything well, every, everybody knows it's hoot owl restrictions. Yeah, no. There's well, no everybody, why. not me. There's I, no why. First time I'd ever heard of it. Right? Had you heard of this before? I knew that there were restrictions on hours due to water temperature. But I listen to the ODF and W podcasts, and I follow fishing things on social media, and so so there's so, also been all the stuff down on the Klamath River. They've been talking about it for the last two weeks on the yes, think out loud. So the last podcast. couple weeks, right? Yeah. So that speaking of ODFW, so for yeah. you you out of Oregon, Oregon Fish and Wildlife, right? Um, <clears throat> about two months ago. They sent out an email, or maybe a month ago, saying we may be changing, temp- like temporarily changing fishing yeah. hours due to water temperatures, right? And mm-hmm. it, it was like a maybe thing. Stay tuned. 
And so I did, so I had this conversation and literally, I think it was the next day, I got an email from Oregon Fish and Wildlife and it says emergency fishing regulations in response to drought beginning July 1st. Oh, so it had to be before then because whatever today is. Anyway, it, it was very, very near when I had my conversation with this outfitter, right? Yeah. And <clears throat> and they call it like hoot owl uh, regulations. So essentially, it is the same thing. You can't fish for salmon, trout, steelhead, and I believe sturgeon, but they've yeah. closed certain bodies of water during this time. So the reason I bring it up is I don't think very many people around here are used to that. Right. True. And so they're going to go places. I don't want people getting tickets, getting, you know, you know, getting in trouble for doing something that they may not know about because we've never had this happen. Right. Go ahead. But before someone goes to an area of fishing that they're not intimately knowledgeable of what's going on, don't they go to the regulations updates and look at what has been updated? But if you fish the Willamette River, if you fish the lower uh, Deschutes River, yeah, you know that. You know the regs. They don't change year to year usually. So that's why I'm saying a lot of people can get mm, caught by that. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so Now, I will say, yes, the very, very conscious person will go, yeah. hey, are there emergency regs? Because like the Columbia uh-huh. will constantly yeah. change regs on salmon, all kinds of things, right? Mm-hmm. It's, you can fish today. You cannot fish today. So that's all due to like fish over the dam, the, the fish counts, all that stuff, right? Yeah. So, but, but smaller rivers aren't, aren't quite so, uh, dynamic like that. And so I could totally, like, I wouldn't have looked at, at the Deschutes necessarily, because I know that the Deschutes river is pretty predictable. It's like, you yeah. know, you check every year, I read through them, make sure that nothing's different and nothing has, as far as I've known and that I've seen, there's yeah. been no, no change in the regs as long as I've been fishing the Deschutes. Mm. So they have a, a two fish day limit. It's a catch slot that's really narrow or a keep slot that's narrow. Size, size wise. Yeah. So like nine inches to like 13 inches. You, you can yeah. keep two fish a day in that slot, but um, everything else outside that has to be released. Artificial lures and bait or no bait, but artificial flies and lures. It's the same, right? Um, and you, you can't even use like rubber uh, mm-hmm. plastics, right? Yeah. Uh, for your baits. So like those flies that are the squirmy wormies, you know, you can't use those technically on the Deschutes because they're, sure. it's whatever. So anyway, yeah, it's just one of those things where I think it's interesting. And, um, and I, I kind of, as frustrating as it is, I actually applaud the effort because it's, it's managing the fishery responsibly. You know what I mean? It's taking care of the fish. And, yeah. and so it's, it's, it's not to like steal your joy. It's to make sure that it's there the next season. You can season. still do it. Yeah, sure. Right? Yeah. And and I've said before, this is just my opinion, and a lot of salmon fishermen would be super irate that I would say this, but I would be okay with the, if they closed the, the rivers for five years to give salmon a chance to to come back in. You know, mm-hmm. it's like if you want to develop a, a native run, yeah. you have to shut the river down. You have to, to give it time to recoup. And, and dude, that's like, well, what about industry? What about this? What about that? What about we yeah. pay tax dollars so that we can go out and fish our, our public resources? I totally get it. Yeah. But it's like, don't we remember the days of, we talked about a little bit in the 
Field and Stream episode where it's like, oh, yeah, they used to catch fish like nobody's business. Yeah. And the limits were super high. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't a lot of fish returned. There wasn't there wasn't so much knowledge about what it takes to revive a fish or why you would even care for one, how long you can keep them out of the water before they die anyway. You know, um, those nets that they used to have just totally take the slime off of a fish, which is a protective layer. So it's like yeah. now they're all so anyway, all these things that we've we've continued to become better stewards of like the resources we have but i think yeah i would agree with you i I would not disagree that that's one piece of it i think you also have a lot of policy decisions you have there's kind of a difference i see in like the ocean going salmon and steelhead Mm -hmm. and conditions out there and plastics and overfishing and commercial fisheries and Mm -hmm. all of that um and then in the in the case of like the deschutes you have all these rivers here where we've dammed them all up and then we have drought conditions and then you have to release some at certain times, yeah. but it's not necessarily always, it's not for the benefit of the fish, right? It's for the farmers need the water. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's what they've been talking about a lot in Klamath Falls and how every every yeah. um, competing objective harms the other. Right. And so, and then you add into that that yeah, the what's temperatures more important, are the, hotter anyway. The farmer's irrigation or the natural resource of like wild fishery. Yeah, right? so that's what they were talking about down mm-hmm. the Klamath Falls. Like the fishermen, the ranchers are saying, we cannot survive another drought season like this. Like we will all be gone. The mm-hmm. ranches will be gone. Like mm-hmm. we'll all, we, we won't be here. Mm-hmm. And then the, especially like the tribal commissions and the elders are saying, if we keep doing this, the fish will be gone. We mm-hmm. will have no. I mean, we already have no fish, mm-hmm. but the fish will be gone. Right. So you can't. You can't really meet in the middle on that. Right. I mean, they've been. We've been trying to meet in the middle for a really long time through policy. Right. And it's degraded both. Right. The ranchers' way of life, and they don't have enough water to yeah. thrive in their industry and their business, and the, there's not enough water for the fish. So really, neither are winning. Right. So. Yeah, it's and that's the thing that it's it's funny that um, <laughs> I've recently started watching Yellowstone. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's a very similar like. Did the new season come out yet? I don't know. I'm on season one. Oh, I'm just about good show. I'm just about on the last episode of season People, one. People, I'd be interested to see what they think. People say it starts slow. I thought I it, I thought it started just fine. Oh man, it was. People are like, hold on. Uh, uh yeah, no, it comes out. I of thought it was pretty fine. hard. I yeah. think. But the struggle there between like the 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 Native Americans, right, and the the ranchers, right, mm-hmm. it's very volatile, and obviously it's a um, fictional show, but it's it's really historical fiction, mm-hmm. you know, and it's um, a fictionalization of what is actually happening all yeah, over the all the West. time, all over since the beginning of yeah. what we call the U.S., you know, yeah, and um, anyway, so. It, it's it's just interesting that you mentioned like, hey, there. This is the way that, you know, people that are the elders of tribal lands would say, this is how we would manage it, you know, and and then on U.S. territory, we would say, well, we want to manage it this way, take care of these people, right? Mm-hmm. And it, there's almost never does it agree or is it mutually beneficial, yeah. right? One is always at the expense of the others. Mm-hmm. Then you then you build in. How many spoilers would you like for Yellowstone? None. Zero. Stop talking okay. about it. <laughs> so we won't talk about that, but let's talk about the conditions that lead to the higher water temps. Mm. You want to talk about that? I don't know. Maybe. Are we out of time? I think we might All be. All right. Oh, well, thanks for good. thanks for <laughs> playing, friends. So call us at 503-427-8743. If you have something we'd like to that you want us to talk about or you want to give us some feedback, some fact checking, or just you know tell us what you think. And most importantly, get outside and have some fun.
See you next time.